I'm glad you've joined us on the interview. You may not realize it yet, but your life is about to change. to the interview. I'm Dr. Rick Wange. I'm so glad you joined us this week. We have two special guests that are doing amazing things around the world. Remember the promise I gave you in the very introduction of the show, and that is if you watched it, it would change your life. I am guaranteeing you this episode will change your life if you'll put into practice what you're going to hear. Here are my friends. John Somerville with Zion's Watchmen and Gary Cristofero with Ezra International. Ezra International. You, you guys are doing amazing things. You've been in the studio all week. You're filming, so let's talk about the filming, and then let's talk about your ministries. Okay, sounds good. Well, I'd say this, that what, what you had just said in the introduction about this can change your life. My going with Gary uh, to the Ukraine and along the Russian border and seeing what is going on there today did literally change my life. Mm. I came back a different person and uh, it's because uh, it opened up a vista to me of what God is doing today in the world in the real fulfillment of his prophecies. Mm. And I and I have uh, Gary and others to thank for um, taking me over there. So Gary, thank you. You're welcome. That was my pleasure. Believe me, Rick. I mean, I, I knew John. I knew his heart. I knew that he was a Zionist uh, like me. And, uh, you know, when I gave him a call uh, and told him what we were doing and it felt that he would be a great uh, spokesperson for us, uh, I had just prayed that, uh, you know, that he would see that as well. And when he called me back uh, and said that he, you know, he wanted to do it, but he really didn't feel comfortable with being a spokesperson without really knowing and seeing what we did, right, John? And so the, the next phone call, I think, was was uh, basically, John, uh, you know, you're going with me to Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really wise because there's a lot of ministries out there claiming to do good things, and, and many are doing great things, mm -hmm. but some are doing it with the right purpose, the right intent, and maybe even the right outcome. So mm -hmm. that's good that you checked it out. What do you think now? I, uh, I am a changed person for um, having met the people uh, over there who are doing the literal work. And, um, you know, uh, I've heard lots of people say, yes, I'm going to be a missionary and I want to do this and I want to do that. And some of them do. Hmm. I could not do what they're doing. First of all, they speak Russian, they speak Ukrainian, they know the culture, they grew up there, they know the rights and wrongs of how you approach people and you do all those kind of things. And then on top of that, they're believers and they have the heart to go out and do what they're doing without any thought of um, recompense or thanks or anything. And most of the people that I met that Gary introduced me to were, have been at it for about 20 years. Wow. So this is not a will-o'-the-wisp thing. Well, I'll try this out. These are dedicated people, and you know this. When you're around dedicated people who really believe in what they're doing, it's catching. 
And um, yeah. I mean, I came away with a whole new set of heroes in my life. Right. John just used that word heroes. That, that was my response too. In my first journey over to Ukraine to meet some of these people, uh, I came away with that type of, same type of appreciation. And my wife and I had been supporting this ministry long before I became uh, a, an active part in it, you know, physically active in it. And so, uh, you know, I had that same response. I knew my life's call, started working full time with them. And then, um, you know, my desire was to expand our ability to reach people in, in this country. And that was that was the reason for the call to John. So his response or his reaction to, to going and meeting the people was very similar to my own. And uh, they are amazing people. They they. They're going into these uh, Jewish communities. They're searching out. Uh, we haven't even just really told the audience what we do yet. So uh, why don't you do that? That, that, that would be a good time to do it. Um, we are helping the poorest of the poor Jewish people that have been scattered throughout the world uh, who can't afford to get home to Israel. And many don't even know they have the right to return to Israel. When an Ezra representative comes into their home, it's the first time they've heard that they have a right to go home. Often because they've lived in the former Soviet Union, there's been a, a, you know, a, an oppression. Um, they're very secular. They, they, uh, they've kept maybe even their identity uh, quiet because of, of anti-Semitism in some of the countries we work. Still think about that after all this time. After all this time, nothing has changed. This is the sad part about it. Uh, and, and I really, one of the big culprits is the Russian Orthodox Church in the regions where we work. That's in, in some of the countries that we work in. Um, so, you know, when a Christian all of a sudden comes and informs these individuals that they have the right to return, and not only do they have the right to return, that we're going to help you do it. You know, as I said, they're the poorest of the poor, so they don't have the funds to, to buy the passports. They don't have the ability to pay for travel. Many times, some of the cities that, you know, even those we visited, it could be five hours or longer driving to go to, a, to an Israeli embassy in order to get this paperwork done. And so they just don't have the means. And our, we have drivers who are going and picking them up bringing them to the embassy, bringing them back again, hours on the road, and often in dangerous circumstances mm -hmm. like in Ukraine, crossing into the war zone and out. And they're searching for paperwork to prove that they're Jew. Mm -hmm. And um, during the times uh, when it was the Soviet Union, they, those communists wanted to know where everybody was all the time and who everyone was. And they ruled by dividing and doing all these kinds of things. So um, Jewish was something down in the right-hand corner of a standard form. And that's where you wrote in, that's your nationality was Jewish. Never mind your religion, because mm. there's no place for religion in the, in the Soviet Union. So that was down there. Now, that hasn't been in force for a long period of time. So your grandfather, perhaps, um, went to a school, um, and you kind of know this from the family lore, but the school is at the other end of the Ukraine. Right. But if I could get hold of the paper that said he was in there, it would say Jewish on it, and I could say, this is my grandfather. Now, there, you know, this is a big question, and we don't have time to get into it, as to who is Jewish. Right. I mean, go to Israel and 
just ask that question in any group of people and you'll start an uproar. Right. Um, so there's been an orthodox way of looking at it. it, comes through the mother's side and so forth. What surprised me pleasantly was at this point, the state of Israel said, we're gonna use Hitler's definition of who is a Jew. And Hitler had a definition, never mind the maternal side and all that. If you had a grandparent who was part Jewish, then you were a Jew, and he was killing people for that. So Israel now says, okay, if you can show that at least you had one grandparent who was Jewish, you're okay with us. So there's this quest to go into records, and, yeah. and in these small little villages, I mean, that's really weird. You can't go down to the courthouse next door. It may be miles away and you don't have a vehicle. And, and I think one of the obvious things is World War II. Hello, right. how, many, how many records were lost? destroyed? Yeah. That is one of John's touching on an area that we have become very, very good at. And that is finding that document or documents that will prove the Jewishness of the people we work with. And just so that everyone knows this as well, that we work hand in hand with the Jewish agency. It's not Ezra International determining their Jewishness. We bring the documents, all the requirements that the Jewish agency is looking for, and they sign off if somebody is Jewish. It's important to understand. And it's also important to understand that we are working in, you know, with the cooperation and the, the approval of the Jewish agency. Um, and, and John mentioned, you know, it might be in another part of Ukraine. It might even, that document or those documents might be in another country. Mm. And that's the beauty of working in countries, as many as we do. I, I'm sorry, you could tell, I mean, my mind's yeah. running. And the borders change. Yeah, borders they change over and over. Yes, <laughs> and they're changing right now. Yeah. Because as the Russians have invaded the Ukraine, yeah. the Ukrainians who are living there have now got to come up with Russian passports. Yeah, the Crimea is a perfect example of that. Where we had we had people going through the process of Aliyah that were, you know, let's say they were supposed to leave tomorrow, and then Russia comes in, and now they can't use the Ukrainian passport anymore. They have to use a Russian passport. That literally happened to us. And fortunately, we work in Russia as well. But we were able to get Russian passports for the same Olim is the term used for these who are going to immigrate to Israel. And we we got them out with Russian passports instead of Ukrainian passports. Interesting. We, we went to this one home, which I think is very typical of the very poor Jews. To me, it was a two room house. Mm -hmm. And one big room was a bedroom. Not, it wasn't even that big. The other room was everything else. And somewhere outside, there was an outhouse. Mm -hmm. Okay, now these, these are very poor people. But their son, who was, I would guess, maybe late 20s or 30, he and his wife were there and they had completed all their paperwork. They were waiting for something else before they could go to Israel. The old folks were, well, we don't think we can go. We, you know, we need medical here and all that stuff. Not realizing it's probably much better there, but that wasn't for me to say. Yeah. But this young, younger man now is flexing his Jewish muscles for the first time in his life because he had a brand new tattoo. Mm -hmm. He had a Star of David tattooed on yes, his arm and he had it covered with some kind of plastic, you know, because to keep it from getting infected. Yeah, but he was a laborer and he said, told us his boss was getting on his case because now he's a Jew, you're a Jew, you know, all that sort of stuff, which shows 
this anti-Semitism has never gone away. Right. And um, but he was so proud that now he was a Jew and he didn't mind having that tattoo on his arm. Um, so that's that impressed me very much yeah, right. by the dire poverty you could see that they were living in, but then the joy in their children leaving and having hope. Yeah. <laughs> hope there there's a great word because uh, you know we've moved people in the past i can remember one young uh, boy uh, very young was told in ukraine that he was going to go blind there was nothing more they could do for him and uh, you talk about the specific prophecies you know even among them will come the blind this young boy moved to Israel. He lives in Ashdod today. The Israeli doctors were able to help him. He can still see. He can read with a magnifier, but he can still see. They saved his eyes. And that hope comes in a lot of form. Uh, you know, whether it's medical help, whether just the freedom, the, just the opportunity that's available in Israel versus the lack of hope and not a lack of opportunity in Ukraine and the other countries we work in. You know, I... I like you guys and our um, directors for the network, we all have a heart for the Jewish people. We all have a heart for the land of Israel. We all have a heart for the Torah. It would seem as though I've heard this so many times it doesn't affect me, but it does. Mm. Hearing that anti-Semitism in Europe is still widespread still surprises me. Mm. It's, it is though we have learned nothing. Well, that's true. That's very true. I mean, because Christian anti-Semitism, uh, ultra-nationalistic anti-Semitism, uh, Islamic anti-Semitism, it's all playing out in the day we're living in. And I think that's why you're seeing the Aliyah numbers. And for those who may not uh, be familiar with that term, Aliyah has become synonymous with the return of the Jewish people. It's a Hebrew term meaning to ascend. Um, but that's why those numbers have been up the last uh, few years, because the anti-Semitism is rising in all forms. Okay, let's talk about those forms. We just mentioned several examples of anti-Semitism in Europe. Mm -hmm. How about in America? Yeah, I think uh, I think we've seen some of that here as well. Uh, we you know, our, our concentration, as I said, was to the poorest of the poor. So we have not been as active in America. But you see the same spirit. You do. Yeah, and I think uh, that the Jewish population here in America probably is feeling a little less comfortable than they have in the past. Okay, let me dig a little bit deeper, and I'm going to point to you, John. How about in the church? Mm. Well. Um, one of the things that Zion's Watchman does, and this has been uh, my limited vision for what we're supposed to do, because for years I've been trying to write a um, mission statement, and I just can't do it. It's kind of like, no, that's, I don't know where I'm going with this. So during this period of time, um, I take as many people to Israel as I can, because I know what happened to me when I went to Israel. It changed my life. And so I take people there and I get, I really take them there because I love to teach. And that's the place, that's the greatest classroom in the world. And, and to teach there, hoping that it'll somehow, they'll be bitten by the same bug that got me, which is a good inoculation. Yeah. Um, a love for the people and a, and a love um, for the land and everything that goes on with it. So and I, this probably happened to Gary and it's probably happened to you too. Over the years, it's continued to, to grow inside of us. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like, yeah, I had a phase where I really liked Israel and now I've moved on to something else. That's, and that's not what my vision is for the people I take there, okay? Hoping. And I'll, get, I'll answer your question because recently I made a presentation to some people who I know have been involved with a church for many, many years. They're educated, highly educated, and highly successful. Mm. You can tell by their home. Sure. When I went there and they had these nice people in and I talked to them about going to Israel and the gentleman said, yeah, my wife and I are going, boy, we're excited, we're glad to go and all that. And as, as I was getting in the, the vehicle with my wife leaving, he says, yeah, we're gonna love it, even though we know the Jews killed Jesus, and slammed the door. Not not slammed the door, the door closed. Wow. And I didn't have time to go into my three-hour explanation of what that's all <laughs> Historically, about. theologically. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is a very nice, kind man, but you know what? That was put into his mind years time. ago, and as educated as he is, and as successful in business, for this to come out of his mouth was shocking. Yes. I could hardly get out of the road driving out from his So let's state emphatically that that is not correct. Not the correct. Romans, they're non-Jews. Mm. Uh, the Jews could not have done that under yeah. their uh, the auspices of what the Romans had placed them sure. on. They couldn't do it themselves. Yeah. You know, and this might be a good time to mention too, the new type of anti-Semitism that probably would be more prevalent in the United States on our campuses and maybe in politics, and that's the anti-Israel bias. You know, that is, that's maybe the more politically correct anti-Semitism is anti-Israel bias. So we're, we're seeing it and that's growing for sure. So maybe it's just coming under a little bit different name. Yeah, and it always yeah. does. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's how Satan works. He's got master of disguise. Yeah. And, and this stuff doesn't go away. It was 72 years ago that um, the truth about the Holocaust was finally unveiled to the world. Mm. When, the, when the war was over, it was a shock what was going on behind those lines, what Hitler was doing and people that helped him. And yet, 72 years later, to most of us, that, I mean, that's a lifetime, mm. okay? Nothing's really changed. Those same seeds of hatred for God's chosen people and God's plan are there, and they're going to rise up in different over and over again. You talked about the Aliyah and the immigration coming into Israel right now. Most much of it's coming from France, mm-hmm. That's true. which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because of what's going on there religiously. Uh, the the laws, the, the ways of governing have become very lukewarm. They've bowed down to a, a different set of, of rules instead of what they had agreed on themselves. So those that are immigrants coming in have changed society. Yes, yes they have. We, we watched those numbers spike and uh, France actually led the world in Aliyah very recently. Um, and I think it's, it's an odd, odd dynamic because the, the Jewish population there have great influence and affluence and, and maybe better than any time in history in France and yet they're leaving in great numbers because many are afraid to even walk the streets with a kippah on. Wow, what a dynamic. Okay, so we could go on to this for a long period of time. We're all on the same page. It's hideous what's still going on mm-hmm. after 72 years, uh, but it is and you're doing something about it. God bless you for it. Let's talk about what you've been doing in the studio. You have a brand new series that you've been filming. What's it called? What's it about? You want to start with that one? 
It's up to you, Gary. <laughs> no, John, I'm going to defer to you because John Somerville coming on board has been so fantastic. Uh, he is he has his own ministry, and yet he has dedicated so much time to helping us out. And he is the one who said, you know, I know this this man named uh, Rick Bodge and, and Mike, um, and and we've got to uh, we've got to we got to get down there and do some filming. And what you're doing is fantastic. This this is an incredible opportunity to get the truth out. So, well, it's not just me. It's Mike and Larry, and mm -hmm. and we have other people that are helping us as well. And you know, it takes it takes a lot of us to do. I this. know it does, so, and I thank you all. Yeah. Well, uh, the the name of the series is probably "My People Israel." <laughs> when when Gary first mentioned that, and we were kicking around a name for this. It reverberated in my heart. It's God saying, my people Israel. That's right. And even now, just to say it mm -hmm. in, in that way, it touches me greatly. So that's what we're talking about. That's at the heart of all of this. But even bigger than that, it's God overshadowing all of this. And God working in this day and age. I am so thankful that I'm allowed to live in this day and age, to be alive. Um, because I believe that all three of us and all these viewers, if you look carefully, we're seeing God's hidden hand at work in the movement of people. In, uh, in, in 90 and 91, one million Jews came out of Russia into Israel, and Israel was not prepared for them. Um, they came to the, the President of the United States and they said, we've gone to the IMF, and we need to borrow $10 billion just to accept them. And they'll give it to us if you will uh, have the United States will guarantee it. Israel's never backed out on a loan that they own. And that administration said, too bad, not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That president who should have had two terms, um, he had an 89% approval rating, if you can believe that, after right Gulf. after the first Gulf yeah. War could not get reelected. God puts people into office and for a reason, and they have free choice of what they can do. But if you're a leader of your nation is a blessing to the nation of Israel, that's because that's God's children, then your nation's gonna be blessed. Same thing with us, and that's what we're about too. We wanna make sure that our nation stands strong with God's people and scripture tells us our nation will continue to be blessed. We throw them under the bus, look out. And so that's part of our message too. Yeah. And that's part of the message to you folks that are that are watching and will watch this series. We're 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 excited about it, but I don't think I have a word to cover it. <laughs> I just love his passion. I was afraid he was gonna hurt me there for a minute. <laughs> He doesn't get too excited about these things, and, and that's what I love about it, because um, we all have that passion, I believe. That's why we've gotten along so well during this entire process of filming. And uh, I, I'm excited to see this end product, because it, this is a program that is informative. I believe it's entertaining, but it's going to share probably truths about what's going on today that many people are unaware about. Um, you know, the greatest miracle, I believe, of all time, the, the final regathering exceeds the scope 
of the first exodus out of Egypt. And we were told in the, by the prophets 2,700 years ago that that would be the case. We're living in that day and virtually it's it's going undetected by much of the world. I was, That's why we need this program. I was just thinking the very same thing. Yeah. How aware, you know, we were pastors yes. for years. Yes. How aware is the church of that? This is God's time clock. We're watching right now. Absolutely. The time is ticking down and we're watching it with every Jew that enters the land of Israel to live. That's right. You know what my experience has been, and I'm not a pastor, I don't come from that background at all. I was a Marine for 30 years. But my experience has been in traveling the country, it's almost always a woman. A woman in different cities is kind of the nexus of, of a network of people who love Israel. And I have found that over and over again. When you connect with that person, she gets you into this church. She does this. God, you know, the heart of women is, is a lot tenderer, yeah. uh, I think, than ours is. Yeah. God's working that way. Don't give away your secrets, Dan. Nah. <laughs> hey, my wife is one of those people who, who reaches out with that yeah. kind of, of um, notifications to yeah. others. So you may be one of those people. You can be one of those people uh, in this issue of bringing the Jews home. We want you to join with us. I'll tell you something else. This is, I hadn't thought about this, but I'm going to take, instead of taking groups solely to Israel, I'm going to take groups into uh, Poland. You've got to go and see the march of how, what was done to the Jews. You've got to experience that. And then we'll go into the Ukraine and you're going to see that we're bringing them home. And then we're going to Israel and you'll see them arrive. You may even go on the same plane load with them. That is a whole experience that hardly anybody's ever had, but it's a life changer and it'll change your life. You know what? Send a letter to Israel TV Network. If you're interested in doing something like that, let us know because we'll put it together for you. Mm. Good, good point. Let let the people know how they can get a hold of you, John, and then we'll go with Gary next. Yeah, the Zion's Watchman is our um, uh, name of our ministry, but you can reach us at israelforsomerville.com. And um, you'll see what we're doing with trips to Israel and, and basically then trips into uh, places like the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we're, we're at EzraInternational.org. And we have a link to uh, John's uh, ministry as well, because we have partnered in this. But EzraInternational.org, and you can find out uh, the countries that we're working in. You can find out a lot more about uh, uh, the work that we do. And there's some teaching letters there. They, I, I put out teaching letters every month or try to. Sometimes we do appeals. But uh, you find it all right there at the website. This is not an issue uh, with Jewish people making Aliyah, going back to the land, that you should not be a part of. You should be a part of this. You should be helping. It's the biblical mandate for us to watch out for our brothers. And these are the ones that God made specific covenants with and that we're grafted into. So we have a heart for the Jewish people and we know that you do as well and if you don't, grab hold of that. It will change your life, it will change your spirituality, it will change the way you view God and your own life and your purpose on this earth. 
Join with the guys in what they're doing. It, it will make all the difference. Now is not the time to ease up, to slack up. Now is the time to push forward. We're in these final days, final hours, final minutes before we see the Messiah come to reign on the earth. You can make a difference. Please make sure that you do. Guys, it's, it's just great having you in the studio. And uh, I love what you filmed this week. And I know that the people are going to love it too. And just God bless you and all that you, you do too. for him. Thank you. Uh, blessings on you. We'll see you next week. Shalom, shalom.